Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Uh, and also, yeah, there's weird rules around like females or female pleasure in uh, oh, it's a huge sex thing. scenes and movies. Yeah, like, they women can't, can't be shown. To, yeah, they can't. They can't moan too much. They can't have orgasms. That's like the cardinal rule. Yeah, like, yeah. Female sexuality is definitely like the extra taboo. And then if uh, if you want to show dong, you're pretty much done in North America. Like there's there's no dong. You know, it's it's <laughs> it's, it's yeah. a European thing. More movies need dong. It's true. Hey! Yeah, we Is got me? we hey. got connection. It worked. How's it going? All right, I'm great. How are you, Lance? I'm fantastic. Uh, why don't you start by giving everyone just a quick introduction to yourself, who you are, where they can find you, and then join your socials and all that fun stuff. Uh, my name's Elliot. I'm uh, one of two hosts of a YouTube channel called Internet Today which you can find by going to YouTube and searching for Internet Today. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we do news stuff. Not as political as uh, the surfs here, but uh, <laughs> political enough that people complain about it uh, occasionally, being well, too political. That so, was one of the uh, things I was going to yeah. ask you right out of the gates, is that your channel seems to be this very unusual blend that I didn't think would work on YouTube, where it's a mix of so many different things in this like nice, tightly packaged uh, information dump. Really, it'll, it'll be like I'm watching about Facebook, and then I'm learning about Shane Dawson, and then I'm learning about you know something else, and then like it's all over the place. But it really works. Like, where where did that start? How did y'all decide to start blending uh, both like popular culture and news and other stuff like that? I mean, we've been doing Clean this for a while. Room. We we uh, first started on the channel back when it was another channel, part of a big corporate entity that some people may remember called Machinima, which oh. uh, was the biggest the biggest thing on YouTube about ten years ago, and then uh, gradually just declined into nothing. But that's where we got started, and uh, at the beginning, it was all very light pop culture. Lots of hey, that was around the time when the superhero fandom movie stuff was sort of exploding and was Clean still fresh room. and new. So we were doing mostly that stuff, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Over time it, it just became, especially once we, we got more and more independence within the company. And then when the company died, we were completely independent to do whatever we wanted. So that's kind of what we cover the topics that we want to cover and don't cover the ones we don't want to cover. So it's that it, it can be a pretty eclectic mix. Not all politics, not all fun. It's uh, it's just whatever whatever stuff's happening that we feel like disgusting. How how do you pick that? Like what goes into the process when you're like, all right, we're going to talk about Facebook today because this is just uh, it's the hot story. Um, generally, my rule for looking at like because I'm just reading the news all day long. Uh, the the thing I look for is is this going to be interesting to talk about 
Is there potential for off-the-cuff comedy here? Um, with the tech stuff, it's, I guess, less about that and more just uh, we really, really hate Facebook and mm-hmm. uh, are shocked at how many times they've gotten in trouble for being bad and keep getting away with it. And brazen. That Teflon Mark Zuckerberg. So uh, <laughs> that's that's a bit of a personal vendetta against him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and yeah, I mean, I get the tech stuff. It's it's weird. I think I think the political stuff kind of arose out of the tech stuff because uh, big tech kind of is uh, current years uh, railroad barons and you know, oil barons. It's it's the industry of the 21st century. And uh, we're seeing a lot of uh, teachable moments to come out of it in terms of... Uh, there's just a lot of a lot of opportunities to uh, get pilled, they might say. <laughs> and a variety of multicolored pills, depending on what flavor yeah. you're looking for. Yeah. Have you a had lot of people experience? are definitely choosing the blue pill and the black pill. Oh, yeah. But uh, a, lot of, a lot of pills. <laughs> Have you guys had personal experience with that, with like censorship as your channel come under fire? Uh, I saw not too, uh, pretty recently you yeah. had a campaign about, uh, what, were you medical misinformation? Was that what you, what you got slapped with? Yeah, I mean, we haven't ever had it too bad, thankfully. Like the worst that's happened to us is uh, we've had videos get taken down for a couple hours tops. And yeah, I mean, it's just there. It's Facebook, YouTube's algorithm just sort of being overzealous and i believe overcorrecting uh you, you see this a lot in tech where they will allow bad things to happen as long as possible up until up until it it risks uh you know harming their bottom line and then they they overcorrect so or they're forced uh, you know, to do medical something. misinformation political extremism all that kind of stuff and when they overcorrect they you know they're not these aren't humans doing it. Maybe like a handful of them, but, but they're just going after anyone who's even mentioning ivermectin or <laughs> even mentioning like QAnon. Yeah, yeah. I, I find that's the worst part about AI being the the police of this entire online arena is that we're we're pretty much left to the fact that it lets the worst kind of people mass flag you if they just don't like the content. Like I'm guessing you guys weren't doing a pro ivermectin. Horse pace can cure all, all what ails you kind of segment. You were probably laughing about how it's kind of weird that other people are doing that, right? But yeah, we, I, I mean, a theory we have, they're, they're very opaque about how any of this works. But, you know, we, we joke, we joke and we josh around and uh, with the ivermectin story, especially, like, there's just a lot of opportunities to riff on that and be very sarcastic and uh, sort of jokingly take the idea of eating horse paste as a uh, improv prompt and yes and that and uh, I mean, if you're watching it and you uh, understand tone of voice and obvious sarcasm it's one thing but I, I think that a lot of this automatic flagging comes from the automated captions basically they're doing voice recognition mm-hmm. and parsing over those so even when a human reviewer is looking at it they're not scrolling through a video They've just got the transcript up, and and it's decontextualized. So if they see in the transcript of a video that someone is uh, saying like, "Oh yeah, you should totally take ivermectin," like they're not getting the voice; <laughs> they're just they're just seeing the sentence. 
<laughs> you just demonetized this interview. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. It's wild. One of um, one of the things I was going to ask because you said you started out in the uh, the machinima phase. Were you around while you were reporting on, I guess, uh, popular culture, video games, that kind of stuff uh, around the Gamergate era, or was that before your time? That was, I think we had just started. I mean, luckily, we were set up basically as the channel to cover everything aside from gaming. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we were kind of insulated from that. But, I, yeah, I do remember when Gamergate was going on. It was, uh, I mean, it was everywhere. I, you couldn't escape it. It, it. I see these days, I see people sort of downplaying the importance of it of that whole Gamergate movement uh, saying that there's no real connection between that and the just general evolution of politics since then. But I, I think that's, I mean, yeah, people are obviously maybe overstating it in some cases, but uh, there's absolutely a through line from Gamergate to a lot of this other stuff. Um, and yeah, I mean, you, you couldn't talk about anything without dealing with a bunch of very angry, young, mostly men, uh, just treating this like at, like the fucking crusades were going. It was it was wild. But you had the, I guess you were fortunate enough to be working in like kind of more like comic book stuff, superhero stuff. Did that yeah. clash with like? There's an entire ecosystem online with like you know the quartering geeks and gamers yeah. kind of stuff where they've they've kind of taken that from the right wing perspective. Whereas like every single property, we have to tell you why it doesn't feature like a cis white male, and so that's why it's going to end the world. And that's basically you know Batman's a lesbian, the world is going to fail kind of stuff. And I'm guessing you guys were yeah. from the other side. Where, where's is there whether ever a conflict between those two groups? Like do do you ever feel that like you know would they go after you for maybe calling them ridiculous or vice versa? Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not sure we ever really tackled any of those things straight on, except to be, like, extremely dismissive of it. Um, the weird, I think I think the only time it, like, really became a thing was during the run-up to uh, the all-female Ghostbusters coming oh, out, yeah. which, like, uh, you know, people, people got very... Um, they got very excited in a mm -hmm. negative way about that movie. Um, and so we were in this weird position of being like, I mean, this does look bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we, we don't support <laughs> this remake, like just on the basis of there's no, you shouldn't remake good movies because you're almost always going to fail. And it does feel a little, a little uh, gimmicky to just do it's Ghostbusters, but all women. But um, yeah. And then, isn't that so like we would make fun of, of it, Hollywood and then now? we would get people jumping in and treating it like it was the SJWs taking over Hollywood. It's illegal to be a man now, and if if, if you vote for Hillary, they're going to turn all your favorite characters into women. So, yeah, it was it was a weird balancing act there. Where yeah, hmm. anytime we'd even jump into not even defend that movie, like I still haven't even seen it. I was so sick of the discourse leading up to it that I <laughs> I still haven't seen the movie. I don't care. But, um, yeah, I mean, anytime we jump in and be like, these women are funny women. Like, these are these are funny comedians. Um, like, 
I don't think it's fair to them to just completely dismiss this. Like, it might be a little bit funny. Uh, we mostly reject this on principle, but look, like, that doesn't mean uh, Leslie Jones is, is a bad person who you should hate. And we would get so much pushback <laughs> from just doing that. <laughs> Someone's saying Ghostbusters 2 was also crap, but it started the original cast, so... There's yeah, a, that was that was uh we we bring that up a lot. We're like, guys, they already did this back in the eighties. Like, they already made a shitty like Ghostbusters rehash, and you still have. Our, we would always come back to the point where like, you're acting like they're erasing over the tapes of all the original. Like, they're taking the film out of the canister of the original Ghostbusters and running it through the shredder. The, the old one, the one that you love, is always going to be around. You can just I, I, pretend that none of the sequels even exist. Well, I'm going to say, I think I'm in the weird minority, where maybe because I just saw it at the right age as a kid, I actually liked the second one, because it kind of scared me as a little kid, like that pink goo and the, the painting that comes out of the thing and all that. I, I remember as it's a kid, I was like... There's fun elements to it. Like, it's not, it's not horrible, it's just kind of unnecessary, and yeah, well, I think watching it as an adult, like, the first one is very cohesive, it's well-paced, the second one, it's like, they're just trying to recapture the magic, and, uh, mm-hmm. they don't really succeed at it, but... Um, they also yeah, got away but with it doesn't the. Uh, well, I was gonna say the original got away with the ghost blowjobs too. I don't know how that made it into a PG. It was a PG or a PG thirteen movie, but I remember seeing that as an adult when all the discourse was going down. I'm like, I'm gonna rewatch Ghostbusters, and then I was like, Holy! I shit. don't know if PG thirteen <laughs> even existed at that point because that was a weird thing. There was a long time where there was either PG or R, and I think it was uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and the scenes where uh, the dude like rips a guy's heart out of his chest <laughs> while he's still alive. I think that made the NDAA uh, consider that maybe there was perhaps a middle ground here. Yeah. It's kind of like how Mortal Kombat and um, Doom started the video game rating system. They just added that extra one. Like, we gotta get... We gotta allow teenagers to see the movie because we'll make more money. But at the same time, this is clearly not PG anymore. Like, we're ripping hard set of bodies. Yeah. Terrible rating, though. PG-13... Uh awful rating they so many good movies got stuffed into the pg-13 box oh i totally agree and uh yeah we can get away with one fuck and three shits and one nip is that still the and, rule uh, i i that's the thing they're they're very unclear about it it's very opaque there's a good documentary from about 15 years ago called this film is not yet rated it was they look into good. it and it's uh yeah the whole system is much more opaque than you would think it's uh, like the members of the MPAA are secret, <laughs> which it's, is uh, bizarre. And it's very yeah. Puritan too, right? Like they're basically consistently vilifying nudity, specifically like male nudity above all else, and then female sexuality, as in like you know women can't have orgasms, kind of stuff. And then they're a lot more permissible to just like extreme violence, you know, like oh this can stay PG thirteen. Yeah. You just gotta when you behead the guy, just do it off camera, and then we're cool, you know, just imply. It's a very it. interesting reflection, just the general sense of morality and whatnot in North America. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I think in, in that documentary, like one of the examples was a movie in which a woman has sex and the actors do too good of a job of uh, acting out the insertion part. Like it's not on camera, but it's like, you know, they're they're treating it as if it's real. And there's there's a moment there. And uh, that was too much, even though they <laughs> nothing is shown. 
<laughs> Insertion. No, children will know everything. The secrets. Yeah, no, the dick. It's just supposed to magically like go in and. Uh, well, that's what I believe. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, also, yeah, there's weird rules around like females or female pleasure in. Uh, oh, it's a huge sex thing. scenes and movies. Yeah, women can't, can't be shown. To, yeah, they can't. They can't moan too much. They can't have orgasms. That's like the cardinal rule. Yeah, like, yeah. Female sexuality is definitely like the extra taboo. And then if uh, if you want to show dong, you're pretty much done in North America. Like there's there's no dong. You know, it's it's <laughs> it's it's yeah. a European thing. More movies need dong. It's true. I don't know. Actually, I I, I in general like I I'm fine with less nudity being in movies because we do. I don't know. A lot of it historically has been kind of egregious. Uh, it feels very similar to like if you look at South Korean movies now, like porn is basically legal there. So every South Korean like drama has just like a lot of really? sex scenes that are like that. that are like ten minutes long because it's like, well, it's a this is a, this is art. It's not porn. But also, porn's illegal, so illegal. So we're gonna like skirt that line as much as possible. And I, I feel like American movies in like the '80s and '90s, that was you know pre-internet, it, it felt kind of similar. I didn't know that was a thing. And that's funny because right now, like South Korea is having a massive like just moment. You know, like South Korean films and cinema and TV shows, and and it's yeah. it's, it's it's very in. It's it's the. It is movie. very cool that the two big South Korean uh, media properties have been like explicitly anti-capitalist or uh, maybe not not enough not explicit enough for your, your tim pools and your, <laughs> and your chrissy teagans and whatnot <laughs> yeah parasite uh, a lot of rich verified famous twitter users were convinced that the par- the titular parasite was the family lying to the rich people I remember and, uh, that discourse. It was so weird. Yeah, it, it was, was very. So they're like, weird. I loved it so much. Those that poor rich family yeah. and those those dirty parasites taking advantage of them. Yeah, that was so bizarre. Same thing. Like seeing Tim Pool trying to pull out this whole like obviously Squid Game. It's just a allegory to ma- uh, communism. Like you know from from the top on down. When you get food lines, poverty, that's communism. I was like, it's amazing. Even Ben Shapiro who, like, you know, I'm definitely, I'm neither of us are big fans of him, was at least, like, a student well, I love enough. him, actually. <laughs> okay, well, sorry. I'll correct that. Um, was was astute enough to mention that, like, yeah, this, it's clearly, it's an anti-capitalist message. It's very blatant. It's not it's not subtle, you know, in its delivery uh, of the message. Yeah, it is. I It's super interesting, though. Uh, I, Tim Pool is useful for the fact that he is so kind of, transparent about his grift mm-hmm. um and and he offers a very very candid look into the uh modern conservative mind in a lot of ways where uh i can't remember who said it but it's like basically people who are convinced that capitalism is great they're just like incapable of uh seeing it any other way so mm-hmm. any media that critiques capitalism like how could they critique something that i love so it must be doing the opposite. But uh, I, another hilarious thing about that is just the the binary thinking of it, where like anything that's anti-capitalist must be pro-communist. And by pro-communist, I don't know anything about the ideology of that. They must be pro-China, <laughs> pro-North Korea. Venezuela. That's it. Yep. If you criticize capitalism, you want to live in China. 
<laughs> I am a very smart person. It's it's the modern version of you don't like it, you can get out <laughs> kind of mentality. Yeah. Yeah, but at least with that, like the person shouting that isn't trying to seem smart. Yeah, true. Tim Pool is trying to seem smart. I it works somehow. He gets a scary amount of people that tune in because he's a smart guy. I we even still occasionally get comments on our videos. From like it, it, the my favorite ones are the ones that are like well meaning. They're like you guys are our favorite channel, like you keep it real. It's like the only channels I watch are you guys and Tim Pool. And I'm just like, what the Where's can where's I, the yeah, well, I was like, I, where's the overlap there? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I I didn't know there was a Tim Pool crossover. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's a lot of people what? who are like super into Tim Pool. They they believe that he is objective. He's neither left nor right. He just calls the balls and strikes. Perfectly from uh, the center. Yeah, which is insane. If you even just look at like the list of his uploads and thumbnails, just click on the videos tab of his channel. It's like, how could anyone look at this and be like, well, I, it's, it's impossible to say whether this person is uh, ideological in any way. What, is, what did you guys do in terms of reporting on Tim Pool? Did you do like a video on him? Or, like, I don't think we've even brought him up. Like that's a whole, that, that's a hornet's nest that I don't really want to get into. Mainly, like, I mean, talking about content creators like that, the biggest problem is like, our show isn't really set up for it. Like, yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's more for uh, stuff like some more news where they can have a writer like actually spend a week or a month going through hours and hours of footage to really analyze and take down what these people are putting up. But uh, I mean, our schedule is so short notice. Like, I mean, we writing posting episodes all in a day. So going after someone like Tim Pool, who's putting up like three hours of content a day, it's like, it's impossible for, I think. Do you find you've ever gotten sucked into that? Like, has there been, you had to just tell the story because it was another big YouTuber or it's just like, it's not something you could avoid talking about and then it just blows up into something else? Yeah. Um, yeah, years ago, when John Fron got racist. <laughs> Remember that? That's funny. We were just talking about that today. <laughs> I did a whole yeah. John Fron segment today. Yeah. What was that? 2015, 2016? I, I think yeah, so. Yeah. When John Tron got racist, that was my first exposure to Destiny, interestingly. Okay. So it's, it was all downhill from there. But I thought he handled himself really well in that debate. Oh, he did. And yeah. it was, yeah, it was, it was, the whole thing was just incredibly frustrating to watch. We made a video about it. And like, I guess. If that were to happen now, I probably wouldn't make a video about it because even that, like, it's an hour-long debate and trying to, like, sum it up in five to ten minutes just doesn't really do it justice. And anyone who hears about it from us first before actually watching the thing is they're coming, um, they're coming in with their preconceived notions, uh, which in a lot of cases was people uh, loving JonTron because he made a lot of videos that they loved when they were a little bit younger. So how could JonTron be racist? And he didn't actually say anything racist, guys. He's just talking about black-on-black -black crime. Like, these are all valid questions. Like, seems like you're overreacting a bit. You're triggered, but a little <laughs> bit triggered. Um, and yeah, but like that, that whole experience, that was like my first real experience, I guess, with the anti-SJW thing. Crowd. Uh, like where I, I mean, we talked about it where I'm like, this is like objectively like, offensive and more and more importantly 
stupid shit yeah. that this guy is saying. So we're just going to like cover it a little bit. And the, yeah, we got so many fucking comments of people like furious at us. And, like, really? Yeah, just telling us we fell off. Like, oh God, you guys are so disappointing. I didn't know you'd fall. You'd become SJWs. And uh, yeah, it was weird because I, I was like, wow, okay, there's a lot more of these weirdos than I ever would have thought. Yeah, that's that's bizarre because the thing with JonTron's rant is it's not like he was just like, well, I'm just going to ask some questions. It was like it eventually got up to points where he was just straight up like, I just think like black people are predisposed to certain crimes and things like that where you're like, what do you mean predisposed? Like, this is this is pretty strong rhetoric from someone, I guess, who is apolitical 99% of yeah. the time and then just appears out of nowhere and then all of a sudden it's just like, well, 1350, you know, statistics, all this kind of stuff. And then... Uh, yeah, like it, it seems the vibe that I got was that this is a guy who doesn't leave his apartment all that much, has a lot of free time because of the YouTube money, and uh, has maybe fallen down a bit of a like 4chan rabbit hole pipeline to some uh, some bad ideas that he hasn't really been challenged on before. And so he gets challenged on them and just flails like a like a bird who's <laughs> had its wings <laughs> shot off, and it's just weird and pathetic. <laughs> and uh yeah i mean and, and all destiny really had to do in that one was just use the socratic method and get him to keep talking and yeah i mean i love that because it's like oh this is demonstrably like dumb shit this guy's saying but uh there were way more people around to defend him than yeah. i would have ever guessed and that was Did when you... i sort of realized it's like oh this alt-right thing which i don't even know if that term had even been coined yet but i was like oh this is a lot bigger I think and that I was like 2016 sort of been, Spencer. Yeah, and, it, and that's when I sort of realized, like, oh, this has also kind of been building in the background uh, mm -hmm. for a while now. Kind of out of the Gamergate thing. Like, this is, uh, there are people who've spent a lot of time on the internet sort of obsessing over this stuff. And uh, they've mostly been in the shadows, but they're increasingly not. Did you see uh, that uh, yeah. yesterday he came out uh, posting this really big anti-vax propaganda video? I, I, again, just like the dumbest fucking shit. <laughs> I, I, like, I'm not even going to approach it on, on its merits because it's obviously fucking stupid. But like he, yeah, just the way, the way, you know, he got like responses from people who were willing to actually have a conversation about this. And he, yeah, just super dismissive and just bad at it. He's not. He's not a very smart guy. I, I mean, I'm, he's very. He's a talented guy. I'll give him that. I, I was never a fan. I think that came a little late for me. But he's. Uh, he's not a smart dude. He should. He should probably. Probably uh, not. Not uh, <laughs> insert his <laughs> opinion politics? on topics. Like <laughs> Talk about those kind of things. Did you find yeah. then that after that experience, it kind of changed the way you were going to approach dealing with other online figures? Like, I don't know if you've covered, because you've been doing this for so long, I don't know if you've covered, like, I, I have been blissfully unaware of the litany of YouTube just drama after drama after drama. And it just seems like every single major creator at one point uh, ends up getting big enough once they pass, I don't know, the 5 million sub mark they've been trying to sleep with their fans, or they were trying to have sex with underage God. fans, or they were doing this, or they were saying something super racist, or they did blackface, or something like that. There's a lot of scandals, yeah, I, this week it's uh, Gus Johnson. Which is disappointing because I uh, I like his videos, but sounds like he was a, a a real bad boyfriend 
Oh, what a good uh, it's not, not the worst, you know, set of accusations. It sounds like he's owning it as about as well as you would you would want him to. But yeah, disappointing. Always disappointing to hear that someone you admire uh, isn't a perfect little angel. Um, but I, oh, another one, yeah, when when PewDiePie uh, did that thing with uh, Fiverr, where oh. he had those children in uh, yeah. it was like yeah. Southeast Asia or whatever. Hitler did nothing the, wrong. No, it was worse than that. It was the death to all. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm yeah. not going to say it because you, you you got your own problem with uh, getting banned on here. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that thing like we'll have to and we covered it. We covered it, and like again, like I mean, obviously a lot of people were fucking bad, and that's their right. Like for me, I was just like he's he fit. Like for me, it was more he tried to be funny and he overstepped it, and like I mm-hmm. hope he learns from this. Like we, I mean, I feel like everyone around my age like mid 30s went through a very edgy phase as a youth yeah, uh, there was something in the water that made us all uh, little shit stains who tried to be as edgy and offensive as possible while being funny and uh none of that's aged that well but it's still like i get it you watch something like south park or it's always sunny in philadelphia and you want to you want to do that yourself so, I mean, I when I watched the the PewDiePie thing, I was like, I mean, the joke, as he presented it, the joke was that these people on Fiverr were willing to do this insane, offensive thing that he asked them. Yeah, it was basically people who are poorer than me will take money to do the most offensive thing I can make them do, kind of. Idea. Yeah, and I, I mean, it was yeah, it's horrible, but like I, I still did see like some comedy in that, but also it's like fucking extremely offensive. Like you're gonna get pushed back on something like this. This is not. This is not good, especially people who don't know who you are and, and see only this thing that you've done. Like they're going to rightfully be extremely offended. And yeah, we I think we covered that. And like again, just like so many people, just uh, jumping into to simp and stand for this guy, <laughs> no matter what he did. And yeah, I think at that time we were like willing to give PewDiePie the benefit of the doubt. Then he did the whole. Uh, the n-word thing in uh, uh yeah then he almost did it again PUBG, and then it was like okay yeah. there's a bit of a pattern here yeah but well, well, i mean I... even then i still i think i think like john tron pewdiepie is just a dumb guy like he hasn't had well, to really think okay about, I'll, I'll, I'll about his like privilege and yeah his, yeah, yeah. Uh, but i'll, I'll push back like on that. one thing i think if you are in the middle of like a heated gamer moment you're playing a video game and you just got killed and you're like oh fuck right the fact that that's yeah. something you would say out loud at that moment is is indicative to me that you say that regularly with your totally friends, right like you, totally. you call each other that Especially, as an insult or something or like an f slur or something like that and that's yeah. why at that moment you just like it was normal for you and then afterwards you're like Especially oh shit if english isn't even your first language like you are you are jumping straight to a a racial slur in your second language just mm-hmm. uh knee jerk yeah no you're, you're absolutely right about that uh that's definitely he, he it wasn't his first time saying that for yeah. sure yeah it wasn't um, his first radio. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I obviously I can't can't read the dude's mind. I I don't know. He was also like for a while there. 
people like looked in his follows, and he he seemed to be really getting into like Stefan Molyneux and shit like oh, that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He um right uh, after the Christchurch shooting, unfollowed all those major like IDW figures. But before that, it was like Stefan Molyneux, uh, Lauren Southern, um, the ones who are obviously a little less problematic, uh, but are still famous, like Stephen. Uh, sorry, Jordan Peterson was it? Jordan Peterson has a video where he straight up like subscribe to PewDiePie. You know, he was he was in yeah. on the meme and everything, like. They, they were all palling around. Ben Shapiro, he would send Ben Shapiro memes. Like, Ben Shapiro would be like, I got these memes from PewDiePie. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what memes are, but here we go. And then, like, go through them. So, like, he was definitely buddy-buddy with the conservative side of, uh, you know, yeah, the cultural I, th- I listened to a pretty interesting podcast. I think it was a New York Times podcast called Rabbit Hole. It came out a year or two ago. And uh, it was just sort of about, like, people falling into these kind of extremist rabbit holes on the internet. But they they actually, like, PewDiePie, towards the end of, like, the ten episodes or so, PewDiePie becomes a pretty big focus of it. And they actually, they actually go and, like, talk to him for a whole episode. And uh, I don't know. It's interesting. It's like he I, – I came away from that being just like, this guy is – just has – you know, he's a nice enough dude, but he has no idea of, like, actions and consequences and privilege or anything like that. He's he's just ascended to a plane of existence at such a young age that he just, like, actually does not understand that, uh, you know, the how much of his influence audience, he has yeah. and uh, why it's bad to uh, joke about things that you maybe don't actually believe, but you can be quoted as if you do believe. Uh, it was interesting. I, I do hope that after that Christchurch thing, he uh, maybe, you know, <laughs> took a step back and, and thought about things. I thought that, too. He was back in the news, I think, after that for uh, making some statement. And then he was he was wearing the Iron Cross while he was making it. But at the same time, a lot of people said <sighs> that like, it was also probably – it could have been like a very popular like metal image as well. But he – Yeah, I think, been... I think that one – that one, people – like I don't know. There's so many, you know – the far right uses they love dog whistles so when people who are investigating the far right look for any dog whistles they can find but like, yeah, with absolutely. that one I, i'm like i don't know that could just be a fucking jacket like i don't I, that i, do that I, that I agree with you with but the the thing i was going to say was that he he pledged like $50,000 i think to the ADL oh and, my god i forgot about that yeah, yeah. and Ooh. and while wearing the jacket and then uh he withdrew that after he got a backlash from fans who were like no 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 don't do this um so that was the, the last uh, time. was it the anti defamation yeah, which, I mean, they have the problematic yeah. shit, but it's also a really sure. bad look to be like, I'm going to put this much money towards something against, like, you know, anti-Semitism and fighting hate speech, and then being like, oh, no, I'm not. I'm going to take that money back. Yeah, that, oh, God. Yeah, that whole, I forgot about that whole thing. It was it was all very disappointing. Was, when he did, like, pledge the money, I'm like, this is good. Sounds like he's, he's thought about it, and uh, he wants to, you know, do right. <laughs> Just immediately, <laughs> all of his Nazi fans are like, no, this is so disappointing. How could you? And I'm like, well, you should be glad that the Nazis are leaving your fandom. Because, I mean, like, we, I mean, we definitely, we got better views early on when we sort of rode the, the line and didn't get too opinionated with stuff. We definitely, like, lost a lot of supposed longtime fans by becoming more and more open about, like, if you believe in this Nazi shit, fuck you. Don't watch our videos. Um, so, I mean, if, like, if I was in PewDiePie's position, the biggest fucking YouTuber in the world, like, I would, t- I would have seen that as a great opportunity to uh, trim the fat. Yeah. Uh, because even, you know, getting rid of whatever the 5% of your audience that's, like, 
straight up Nazis. Like you're still the biggest. Who cares? But yeah, he just couldn't do it. That was did very you, disappointing. Did you guys find that your content as you were shifting that way? Because like I know you said you're not super political uh, in the the YouTube channel, but I find that you interact a lot with prominent like you know what are considered lefties or progressive people on Twitter. For example, on a pretty regular basis, usually like you know, yeah, uh, dunking on like right wingers and stuff like that. Do do you find that um, that's how you kind of separate it? You kind of keep maybe more political opinions on one platform and and keep YouTube to a set standard kind of way of doing it. I mean, yeah, I'd say in general, like I, I mean, I think maybe someday once this once Internet Today has run its course, which won't be for a while. I might try getting into more political video content, but I mean, it's the kind of thing I'm just very scared. I like, I, I know that I'm not knowledgeable or smart enough to really present myself as any sort of authority on that stuff, at least now. Like, I have opinions, and I definitely like, I mean, anytime like topics like unionization um, and collective power come up in our videos like i definitely i get a little political but uh yeah i mean on twitter it's a lot easier to just you know shit post politics mm-hmm. but if i was going to do video content about it i'd want to prepared more researched and uh you know right now that's just sort of not in the, the schedule but someday maybe for that's now so- it's just uh we're just just feeding them breadcrumbs I'm I'm, I'm, t- I'm tricking the children into being socialist against their will. They don't even know it. I'm, well, I was, I'm slipping them red pills. I was I was gonna say that like um, at the end of the day, if more people had even had that foresight, I think we'd have a lot better political pundits or contributors on the internet, right? If a lot of people were just like, I'm not just going to jump headfirst into this because I just want to do it because I think it'll make the monies or something. More like, eh, if I do this, I want to be prepared. I think that's actually like yeah. really and I also advice. do think it's important that like not all leftists do leftist content. Yeah. Uh, there's, I mean, there's a lot of good, I guess, leftist creators who just do like movie analysis and cultural analysis, not from like an explicitly political angle. Um, Adam Conover of Adam Ruins Everything, he's, like, surprisingly, like, all of his fucking takes on Twitter, all of his political takes are spot on, mm-hmm. uh, which was super refreshing. But, like, he... And and if you watch his show with, like, a careful eye, like, he definitely, like, his politics do go into uh, the stuff he makes. It's not explicit, like, at all, which I think is cool. I asked him that Be question, subtle. actually. Because I, I had him on the oh, yeah? show, yeah, and I was like, I'm, I'm just curious because, like, you know, people always label you as like a lefty or a progressive, but how do you feel? And his response is really similar to that. He's like, I, I know it's cliche to say I don't like labels, but he's like, it's way more important to me that my stuff is something that people can just think is accessible, but then I'm capable of turning them on to those ideas, such as pro labor, pro union, worker co op stuff like that. Uh, he was really, he was one of the big fighters uh, for what is it, Prop 22 in California trying to fight against yeah. uh, Uber and Lyft in that case. So, like, he definitely skews that way, but he's kind of, he's, I guess, hiding his power levels or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he also, very refreshingly, yeah, he's really into local L.A. politics, which it's like, you know, he's got however many 
hundreds of thousands of followers, but uh, anytime local politics here is heating up, there's election. Like he, he gets really into like like city council stuff, which uh, probably is kind of annoying to a lot of his followers. But I, I appreciate it. He's he's pretty seems pretty involved around here. Which I, uh, say, I, I didn't know you were LA based. Oh yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, the, the politics in LA, uh, yeah, pretty much like any major American city, uh, you know, it's deep blue. And uh, <laughs> but try moving that Overton window even the slightest bit left, and uh, the machine will just absolutely fucking devour you. But we we got <laughs> one good city council. I think we have Nithya Raman and uh, our. Uh, Paul Gascone, uh, our district attorney, I think. I don't know. They're trying to. He he immediately they started going after him to get him like uh, removed from his job because that's how it works. If you you push against the status quo in a city like L.A., New York, Chicago, um, the, these liberal bastion cities suddenly get real fucking conservative. Someone just accurately Option. said, look at the tile floors in his living room, Lance. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. As regards to you living in L.A. I was like, yeah, oh, those are very typical that... L.A. tiles, aren't they? I guess. I don't know. They're weird. They have, I think they have little footprints in them, which is, I think, <laughs> how they're sold. Wait, like dog footprints or like baby footprints? Yeah, like I think they're sold with like there's like various animal like stamped footprints them, like a few of them random oh that is really random yeah were, it's a weird design choice were y'all big um big supporters of the bernie sanders campaign at all yes yes how, how was that from that, an la slash youtube perspective uh from an la perspective it was really frustrating because la and and california went harder for bernie sanders than i think any other state in the u.s uh, felt that way. The LA the LA Times had an interactive map where you could go down to like the precinct level and see like and it was there was a couple neighborhoods in the places you would expect like Beverly Hills where they went for Bloomberg but everywhere the entire map was basically Bernie Bernie won a majority of almost every neighborhood in LA. And it's like that happened, and I was like, "Okay, well, this is this is huge, this is massive. How can this guy lose?" And then, yeah, you saw what else happened. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, that was uh, that was the one time in my life I've been optimistic about politics. Uh, Nevada, the Nevada caucus being maybe the the high point. It was all downhill from there. I got fucking wasted that night. I was watching the results pour in, just sitting at a bar, <laughs> just having the time. We're gonna fucking win. We're gonna get a socialist president. <laughs> it all like within three weeks, it was fucking over. But um, yeah, I mean, I we I don't think we ever made like. And I I mean, I kind of regret not making a endorsement video. That's like a little self-important, but I don't know. Everything's weird during elections. Who cares? Oh, it's true. And, like I don't like think that. it would have come down to if it if it was only for the Internet Today video, he would have made that extra push. You know, he could yeah, <laughs> he could have like, really secured it. It's like, would this make a difference? Does is this a feel a little bit conceited to think that anyone cares about our endorsement? But I, we were pretty clear in our videos around that time that we 
in the tank for Bernie. Uh, you know, full disclosure, we are uh, in the tank for Bernie. Just in case anyone <laughs> thinks we're, we're biased. We are absolutely biased. And uh, there you go. Where do you see you guys going in terms of your channel? Are you going to continue down the path you're going? Do you want to evolve, change it into something new? Is there elements you're wishing you had added? Are you guys going to do spinoffs, stuff like that? Um, I mean, I can see this going for like another. I'll be I'll be forty years old in four years, five years. I think I think around then is when I might really start thinking about making some changes in my life but it's uh right now it's a pretty well-oiled machine it's literally just the two of us we do everything we don't have any employees because that's there's like paperwork involved in that the irs that seems seems hard uh so but all the thumbnails the editing the the scripting everything there's the two of you yeah it's it's not a lot of work i mean it's i guess it's kind of a lot of work for two people but uh yeah like right now it's like don't really feel the need to expand beyond that we're already providing like three and a half hours of content a week which is a lot that's good yeah that's a lot of content i feel like anything beyond that might be spreading things too thin um i mean me personally i do i have for a while thought about starting some sort of podcast of just conversations like the one we're having now um just as a sort of supplemental thing for people who would want that but not as like a serious venture you can have so many comments now from people being like what we heard there's a podcast on the go what is this elliot said it on the surfs it's happening um did, I, I i don't know the the story behind this how did how did y'all meet i know i should have probably started with that like an hour ago but <laughs> like what's, oh, what's it was an arranged marriage we we got uh, we were both working at Machinima, and we were assigned to the channel that we were. On. Oh, just that's that you you met at at that juncture. It wasn't like you knew each other before, and you proposed a show or anything. Right. Yeah. Ah, gotcha. That worked out. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, pretty pretty rare, I, I I think most people. Uh, yeah, the, the odds there. I don't know. Never tell me the odds, but I think they're quite low that uh, <laughs> you get randomly paired up with a, a coworker and. It fits well enough that you're still working together seven, eight years later. That's actually incredibly rare. You're not kidding. That's like a beautiful thing. Um, yeah. I was going to say, the chat keeps saying these words that I guess I'm not as deep into your lore to understand them. And I assume they want me to bring them up, but I don't know what they mean. Um, well, fire away. Okay. I'm trying to scroll up because more people are like, hey, you never answered our questions. We need to know. Tuggies. Oh. Tugs, Tuggies. You you got two chats going here. I do. I do. It's very very hard to it's hard to kind of keep up. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. What's what's like the advantage to having the uh, the the independent one? Yeah. So, uh, anyone who subs or gifts stuff on there doesn't go to Amazon, which is kind of nice. Uh, oh, is this, this through Streamlabs? Uh, no, this is, uh, well, Streamlabs OBS is what's streaming into this, but the site is just mirroring Twitch right now. Um, okay. And yeah, but the site itself uh, runs on something called, I think, Whiteleaf. Um, but yeah, um, I don't get, there's not a cut that like YouTube or Twitch takes, right? Which is pretty significant, 40 or 60%, depending on your platform, uh, which is which is nice. Um, 
also you can have unlimited emotes and make them whatever you want, which is also nice. Twitch doesn't like I when I joined Twitch, I got the purple check mark right away because we had a YouTube channel already, and I was like, cool, I, I can't wait to stream on Twitch because uh, YouTube is very restrictive for streaming. They don't let us talk about like LGBTQ issues without demonetizing us. That really pisses me off. Twitch has all these yeah. cool things where you can raid each other, so that's really fun. So I was really excited. Uh, but then once you start seeing your Twitch payouts, you're like, it's pretty astounding how much money Twitch actually takes. Uh, as a cut uh, from, you know, everything from, you know, your subs to your bits to all that kind of stuff. Uh, so that that's one of the advantages. Also, if you get so canceled... You claim like, to be a leftist, and yet you solicit donations from your audience. I know. I know. Checkmate. I, I also don't live in abject poverty. I, I'm trying to... Socialism is when no house. <laughs> no house and garbage bag with rope is usually how I like to do it. <laughs> um... But yeah, the the other big thing is we get canceled. Like I got shut down by YouTube twice uh, without uh, like the real cancel culture, as in people with no power getting their channel shut yeah. down uh, has happened to us twice. And so when that, I just got actually banned on Twitch for thirty days, uh, but they reduced it to seven. But same thing. So when that happened, I was like, well, everyone who is a longtime fan of the show doesn't have to worry. They don't have to jump between this or that or this or where are you now youtube or are you d live are you on rumble uh Reichfin, on any of the other ones oh, you know? i see yeah, yeah so, so it's you like just they, go to the same website yeah i get it yeah it's like a home same website same chat same, Ugh, was uh, it did you get banned because uh, or suspended because of uh talking about the twitch leaks because i showed the salaries because oh, i showed i showed i know I, well my defense was everyone was doing it but yeah so yeah i, I <laughs> I mean, I had a LARF. Someone came in, like, someone came in my chat, and they're like, congratulations, number 3,328. I was like, whoa, that's my actual ranking? They're like, yeah. I was like, that's not bad. And all of a sudden, I was yeah, like, that's not bad. And then I was like, what is everyone else? And then I just started looking it up. And then, of course, their salaries are on the screen, so you're not, that is, like, to be fair, is 100% that's, TOS. Yeah. It's, the, yeah, it's very blatantly sharing private information of other streamers. So. I mean, I guess, but it's like this is their fault. They, uh, right? God, I read an article. I read an article right after it went down. Uh, I can't remember. It might have been. It was like Ars Technica or Wired, but it was about how a this latest Twitch hack was just the. It was. It stems from a hack all the way back in 2013, where they had to like basically rebuild the entire website from the ground up, but they cut a few corners. And uh, there were just a, a few little bits of code from the old hack left over, and that's I didn't how know that. the recent one went down. Yeah, wow. Yeah, they uh, they discovered it was like right around the time Amazon bought them. They they discovered that like someone had had a backdoor into their platform for like a year, and just everything was infected. So they and they were super quiet about this, like no disclosures, because uh, the law doesn't require to you to be like open about these things why would mm -hmm. you be yeah no. but uh yeah they, they slowly just like rebuilt the website over the course of a few weeks making their employees work like 20 hour days and just live in the office but uh Fuck. they didn't didn't completely rebuild it and that's how the most recent hack happened. oh yeah. advice yeah someone put it in your uh your search chat see like i never story of virgin pizza I, I never got, like, an apology or anything. They leaked a ton of my information, you know? And, like, I don't care about them leaking uh, our Twitch salary. Like, I, I'm, like I, I make my Patreon public. Like, I'm, I'm not a, I'm a big peeper person. Like, oh, that's, that's, I have to keep that secret. I don't care about that. But I do care if, like, 
your stream key is out there or your password is out there or other stuff that yeah. may prevent me from actually doing my show. That to me was like, well, you do have a responsibility to keep that safe, right? I, I feel. I don't think that's unfair. Uh, I just want to be clear that when I, when I said, when I jokingly criticized Lance for soliciting donations, that was, that was a joke. I think, I think it's okay. <laughs> that's, that's one of the mods. Like, Wait, Lance, defend <laughs> okay. yourself. <laughs> You're not a shill. Uh, that wasn't a, a real a real critique. <laughs> uh, it's okay. I knew. Um, oh, fuck. It's already five. All right. I, I have to leave to go pick up my doggy from daycare, so I have to wrap yeah. this up, unfortunately. Elliot, this was an absolute pleasure. I'm glad we finally did this. I feel like we've been frenzies yeah. on Twitter for a long time, but we've never actually crossed in, uh, cross-collaborated in any way. It's been long overdue. Yeah, this is fun. I'm I'm happy to... This is the easiest, like, you know, my job is, like, reading and writing and editing. Jumping on a stream, this is this is fun for me. <laughs> I, I don't have to do anything. You get to so, talk shit. You get people, uh, you know, calling you out on your fake jokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, no, yeah, this so was true. a pleasure. I'd uh, be happy to come back anytime. Oh, I love it. All right, everybody, you know what to do. Go uh, subscribe to Internet Today and go follow Elliot. It's Elliot, what's the uh, Twitter handle? Uh, it's E-L-I-O-T-E-T-C. It's on Twitter. And then YouTube channel is uh, Internet Today TV. Based. And, uh, yeah. Thank you so much, Elliot. That was a blast. Thank you. Thank you, Bye. chat. So you've just been listening to an episode of The Surf Times. And if you enjoy it and want to see The Surf Times, you can go to wearesurfs.com or watch the live shows at thesurfs.tv. And also everywhere social media is sold, basically, thesurfs.tv. You'll find us there, twitter.com slash thesurfstv, for example. It would also help us out tremendously if you could leave a good review of this podcast if you enjoyed it, either on, I don't know, iTunes or wherever you're podcasting. Apparently it does help. And yeah, we hope to see you soon. To our gods, Xander Corvus and Peyton L. Just, we will build a ladder to heaven to deliver you the daily news. To our monarch, Tom Spiker, we are your most humble of clownish jesters. To our lords, Trevor R. and Alexander Thaler, you have our undying fealty. To our knights of the round table, Nate, that one guy, Hagbird Celine, Matthew Scarborough, Stellar Vision, Ariana McCarthy, Daniel Sutton, Answer Still Running the World, Coulter Smith, Tom Grow, Val 9000, Jenna Tal, Quiet 185, Anna Loves Riley, Riley and Anna, Omni, Poodle Hawk, The Tim Caucus, Multimondi, Trevor Janice, Lemmy 101, Anthropophojack, Saren 42, Chronic to Hemp Hog, Catherine, Radical Maniac, Ramon Acosta, Incosin, Violent Orchard, Sophie Baby, Political Puppy, Andreas Cheringuito, Zach Christensen, Josh Mickelson, Todd Buckingham, and Todd Lajeunesse. We shall meet you in the tavern, and we raise a drink, and we salute you.